right, welcome to our Fate of Midgard game, Stranded in the Southlands. I'm your Game Master Porter, and we have a full house tonight. So, Brendan, how about you introduce yourself for the first time tonight? All right, well, thanks for the intro. My name is Yolok, and I am a, uh, a kobold rogue. Uh, Yolok is a slippery treasure hunter whose trouble aspect is getting in is no problem, but getting out, he is beneath notice, and uh, he has complete dedication to the mistresses. Currently, uh, Yolok has a gear aspect, which is that he is in the void with Meshkenet and Alashra. He carries his trusty Marodi stiletto and is driven by the King Killer. He is also carrying his Masterwork Thieves tools. Since our last encounter, Yolok has uh, leveled up a little bit, and uh, we have officially canonized that the Void, the King Killer dagger, is bonded to Yolok. And Yolok cannot be unwillingly disarmed of the weapon unless he is incapacitated. Additionally, Yolok has a new stunt, which is called Critical Hit, where once per scene, if he succeeds with style when attacking with uh, his uh, single uh, his single weapon, then he may choose instead of uh, reducing stress dealt by one and gaining a boost to pay a fate point and force the opponent to absorb all the damage which would have been stress as a consequence instead. Now this stunt is tied to uh, the void and if this kills an opponent then they will be absorbed into the blade. Awesome. Tiffany. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric, earthen enchantress. Mira does not kill, and her other aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. Her previous aspect of now you get the thorns, uh, we sort of, we were really kind of deciding that now you get the thorns was the rage that she was feeling and the vengeance that she was holding for Mesh Kennet because of Tomlin's um, uh, imprisonment. And so now that Mesh has been vanquished and he's safe, now it's like, where does she put all of this energy that she's built up, this rage? And so now her rage is no longer targeted at an individual. All of that energy is now being put towards anyone who may get in her way. <laughs> so it's now catch-all rage, and her new aspect is won't be trampled, because we had to go with gardening metaphors and idioms. So she will no longer be, or she won't be trampled, and anybody who gets in her way will feel her rage. Uh, her two gear aspects continue to be the negative energy ward and the staff of summer flame. Um, and in learning more about herself and seeing what she's capable of and all these big fights and things that she's been through um, at this major milestone, she's also adding plus one to Brutal. Maybe that fire, maybe that flame staff can do some stuff. Yeah. And then you 
also took Ritualist. Oh, yes. The, the, <laughs> her, her new biggest uh, arrow in her quiver is that um, uh, Mira now has the Ritualist stunt. She has followed Thetra's tutelage, and her training is now complete, and she may now uh, perform rituals. And we've got all the info for when that may have, may take place, but now uh, Mira has the ability to perform rituals. Nice. And Aaron. Hi, I play Eleanor Westergaard. She is a human sorceress. Um, her high aspect is a magical slayer, and her trouble is venom in her veins. Her other aspects are fantastical facades, the Westergaard family business, lady on a mission, and she is still wearing her negative energy ward, and she carries her fancy whip. Um, she currently has four fate points, and since we are at a milestone, she's going to be taking another fate point to have five, but um, I think I'm going to change that into a new stunt. I just haven't decided which one yet. And I think that's it. Awesome. And so, Tiffany, do you want to do a quick recap on our session last time? Sure. We had a lot of drama, a lot of exciting things all taking place. Was we opened up mid-fight, right after Elasha's death, standing around, surrounded by vampires, all under her directive, standing around her dead body. And it seemed like all of the vampires siding with her retreated in panic, and we were left alone with Darius. And Darius looked at Eleanor, pleading for him to come with her, um, and used a lot of flowery language, all things that we were distrustful of. And as the vampire mob started to disperse, so did their magical cloud cover. And as the daylight started to burn, Darius decided he had to go to a closed, secluded location to continue this conversation, which we were rightfully skeptical of. Um, but uh, we decided to go with him anyway. He finally pleaded with her, and once he found out that she was alive, he we found out that his desire to pursue her was about was more drawn in like how she had survived this long and how she hadn't turned in that time. And so after talking to him and him pleading to once again, come be her vampire queen, uh, he sort of released that hypnotic bond, hypnotic part of the bond. And she with complete lucidity was able to answer him. No, I am not interested in being a vampire queen. And with that, he retreated and he said, never cross me again, but he did leave and severed the mental bond in the process. So Eleanor was feeling a little bit of withdrawal from not having the connection to him anymore, but that is no longer an issue. Um, that mental tether is um, gone. So back at the boathouse, Tomlin woke up after his treatment was administered, uh, the ritual was performed and was successful. And he woke up, there was a lot of crying, a lot of apologies. And I think everybody just kind of wants to get a little comfort. And Tomlin just said he wants to go home. 
which I think is a very reasonable request. So Mira made breakfast for everyone. And just as the group was starting to convene, Yolak had a vision. He was, um, he was overcome by a vision of a priestess who was repeating the phrase, she was wrong, it was a lie, it was a mistake. And then that was interrupted by a sending from our dear friend Kama, saying that the dagger was created by a cult uh, who was a was led by a Thoth Hermes pretender, and he implored Yolak, "Do not use the dagger." Oops. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit too late for that, but good message. Thanks, Kama. <laughs> and so um, that being said, he has not shared that information with us yet, but he now has that information. So we'll see what he does with that. So we procured all of our supplies to start our journey to Coromel. And among the uh, supplies and preparations that we were able to secure, um, Eleanor went searching for camels, and at the camel vendor, we were reunited with our old friend Donovan. Donovan! That was probably the highlight of the entire episode, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm so happy. So we have our supplies, we have our camels, and we are ready to go, it seems. Very good. So... You are all on the road. You are all riding an individual camel. Uh, or you're, you are all riding your own camel. Who is riding Donovan? Mm. Mm, I, I think we're going to have to work out a rotation situation. <laughs> but Eleanor found him and Eleanor negotiated for him. So I think Eleanor gets first. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I would really like to ride Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Well, wouldn't Mira be riding with Tomlin on a camel? I mean, that'd be nice, but, you know, we have a long way to go. And, I mean, yeah, we've got some talking to do, I guess. But, I don't know. I'm going to leave I mean, it up to him. Because, don't they, you know, Don't I'm... you guys, like, like each other, kind of? I mean, isn't that why we went back to save him? Yeah, but, you know, he's been through a lot, and I want to give him his space, and it mm. sounded a little bit like he might want to break up with me. So, you know, I want to oh. give him his space. He said he wanted to break up with you? He was really sweet about it. He oh. said, I'm just not sure I can do this. Everything I've seen since I've met you has been, I'm not sure exactly the word he used to describe it, but effectively, I think he actually said scared me. And everything I've encountered since I met you scares me, and I don't understand, and I just want to go home. So I think he's in the process of breaking up with me. So I'm going to give him his space and leave it up to him if he wants to come. There's on my camel, but I'm not going to push it. <laughs> well, you can ride it on Donovan with me if you want. <laughs> Maybe Yolak's riding with Tomlin. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No. no, I'm not sure. I do. I creep, you you creep him out. <laughs> how many are? How many of us are going? Is it just the four of us? Yeah. Yes, the four okay. of you. Did I get four camels? Yes. 
That was my assumption. I don't know why y'all are doubling up. <laughs> okay. No, we got the yeah. You can have four camels. It's okay. no big deal. So, yes, you do have a long ride. Um, the the flying, going as the crow flies like you did with your carpet before from Purbastet to Corabel is, is, is a fairly direct route over a bunch of wetlands. But uh, the road is a bit... You have to kind of go south for a little ways, and then it cuts north, and it's 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 a jaunt, but um, it's also a very well traveled merchant path, um, and so it's also going to be relatively secure. And so um, you're on your camels, and as you're riding along, um, Mira, I want to pull you back to a, a little flashback of a conversation that you and Thetra had back on the houseboat during your various preparations and ritual training um, that we didn't play out at the time, but I wanted to bring us back to it because it's really important now or fairly soon. So the two of you are in, are, are sitting there working around some, uh, some training scrolls and um, s- surrounded by little diagrams and symbols and things like that. And, She's looking at it, going, Hmm, this, this is fairly, this is fairly straightforward. The boat under the pier, you'll have to find the the pier. Sunrise or sunset, yes, fairly common, makes complete symbolic sense. She's kind of wrapping her fingers on the wood. Uh, Spinning lantern, you need a lantern. I don't know that it needs to be a special lantern, but you need to make sure it's suspended in some way so that it can spin. Hmm. Now, she taps on a line. This part. You're going to need to make a sacrifice. And pain and suffering are required. Ah, have you, have you given that any thought, Mira? I've been able to think of nothing else in regards to this ritual since we opened the scroll. I am, I am so deeply struggling with, as, as is the nature of a sacrifice, is mm. what what do you willingly give up mm. that is worthy of what you will gain in return and what consequences are you welcoming to suffer? Says it right there. Generally, our whole reason to get back to the Oasis, to go on this journey in the first place, is to relieve our pain and suffering. So which pain and suffering we are willing to take on, that sacrifice has to be great, but not great enough to put into jeopardy our overall goal. And I think as we found out with everything we've been through, I don't think a life is something that I am willing to trade for my own. Nor do I think it is necessary but your question of what do you give up is the right question to ask. I think with as many laps around my brain as I've done, I continue to arrive 
at the only conclusion over and over again. I arrive at the same place. I think the only way to put everything on the line and to really make clear for the sake of this ritual what we are willing to sacrifice to make this happen, I think we have to destroy the remaining figs. Fetra looks very surprised. Because that will prove for the purposes of this ritual that we are dedicated to getting home. And there will be an infinite supply of figs that will await us should we achieve our goal. This is just a temporary sacrifice from point A to point B. And I think we have proved our mettle and given our, our skills, our company, I believe that we have the arsenal to get through the shadow realm, but we have to sacrifice the figs to do it. Hmm. Mira, where is the pain and suffering? Truly, it's a wealthy sacrifice. It's a costly sacrifice. It is a, but I don't know if that sacrifice would fulfill the needs of this she taps again the piece of paper of of this ritual i think for me it's the last tie we have to home and eleanor and i had once talked about the potential for using one of the figs that we currently have in our possession to propagate more to propagate seeds to propagate another tree somewhere else in another location this is effectively a dormant form of our lifeline to our home by getting rid of this vestige of our home it's up to us and so i imagine maybe the emotional suffering that i will endure by watching the, fruit, the literal fruit of my labor is destroyed without the grove, without access to the grove. Mira, and Mira, how... Mira, 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 I can tell from the way you're talking about it, this sacrifice is not enough. Or rather, it's not, it's not what is needed. Well, that's a relief. I'll look elsewhere and keep my things safe. <laughs> I'm sure Eleanor will be pleased to hear it. Um, that being said, have you ever? I have. Have you ever dealt with the Shadow Fay? Only in receiving their missive. I have, and a very lovely shop owner in. Her anew that we had the delight to interact with. I have never met a Shadow Fae. I, I've, but I've heard, I've heard some tales of, of the dealings, particularly up in Zobek. And something I've heard is that they often barter in memory, in mortal memories and emotions. And 
ever since I read this line, it made me think if you weren't sacrificing a person, giving up something you remember or something you care about emotionally might be a means. Or, you know, she stands up and just sort of pats you on the shoulder. Chop off a finger. That usually works, too. And she walks off to go uh, make some lunch. And uh, you're back on your camel, and Tomlin uh, is just kind of tapping you on the shoulder. He's right sidled up to you next on his next to you on his camel. Uh, Mira, Mira, tap, tap. Are you, are you okay? You realize you've just been kind of lost in this day, in this little daydream flashback. It's hot. It's really hot out here. Um, you all are walking on your camels along this road, and it is um, a dusty, packed dirt road. And to your, you are you are headed mostly north-ish, and. Uh, to your left, there is a fairly um, soft, sandy, duny plain. And to your right, it starts turning into a more rough, rocky, um, more uh, kind of hilly, small mountain area. And you're kind of walking in between. Your your road is kind of in the middle of this these uh, these areas. It's a fairly easy, flat road. But it is hot. It's exposed. And um, you are heading into the evening and hoping for a, uh, hoping to be able to find kind of an alcove or a cave or uh, something that you can kind of take some shelter in. And uh, anyway, so Tomlin is uh, just kind of tapping, tapping you, just getting, trying to get your attention. Are, are you okay? Yes, I'm, I'm fine. I've just, I've got a lot on my mind, and the road gives you time to think, you know? How are you? <sighs> Actually, um, better, I think. It's peaceful out here. This, the, it's been a it's a it's been a long day on the road and I'm I'm not particularly used to traveling like this but it's nice in a boring endless kind of way You know what on a day like today after everything we've been through I'll take boring He he smiles gently Yeah Yeah boring's okay I the character insight the thought of saying a sentence drops into my mind and i swallow it because i don't want to say anything but i want to say i imagine his journey here to Perbestet was a whole lot more chaotic than the journey back yeah the probably don't say that <laughs> well, inside voice just like not important but she doesn't want to set him off yep but she's thinking about it because she can't get off her mind, because she still feels guilty and terrible about everything he'd been through. Yeah. He uh, he lifts up a water skin, takes a big swig, holds it over as an offer, and 
for you to have a drink. I take a polite sip, but not taking too much of my share. Sure. I hand it back. All right. Yolok, how is your how is your ride going? I I think that Yolok is confused because his guiding sort of principle up until this point has been dedicating his energies and efforts to serving Mira and Eleanor. And now he's coming to realize that he's physically unable to control some of the things that he's doing, right? So whereas whereas before, even when Eleanor said you should, you know, do a little more on your own and, you know, you don't have to only serve us, you can also serve yourself. But now he's serving no one and nothing and it's just this chaotic whim. And I think that he's a little bit sort of worried about the implications that that could have, not necessarily because of, like, he doesn't necessarily think that he's going to, you know, stab Eleanor or Mira, but I think that he's worried about, even when he would follow the orders of Eleanor and Mira, he would do so consciously. And now he's following orders unconsciously. And I think that that is a frightening concept to him. And so as he's sort of walking down this path and he's just sort of following, you know, the caravan, or not the caravan, but, you know, he's just sort of following the line. I think the metaphor of unconsciously following a path does not escape him and it makes him supremely uncomfortable. Hmm. Okay. He's also really stoked to see uh to see his buddy. Kama? Yeah. So he's very excited that he got to hear from Kama, you know, and I'm not sure he necessarily expected to uh, they parted on fine terms and, you know, uh it Kama represented um one of the only times where he had sort of made a decent friend and then, you know, just sort of said, all right, well, great meeting and moved on. Most of the people that he meets either end up dead or apparently his, uh, his sort of like um, service, <laughs> you know, the people in whom he serves, patron. the people <laughs> in whom cut. Yeah his patrons exactly so kama is an interesting example of like what could be his first friend oh that's very sweet so did uh do you think yolak so he got that message from kama and he's had he had that aligned right around the time he had that saint that uh that last vision um has he shared any of that with the rest of the group yet or has he kept it to himself Oh yeah, he absolutely shared it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I mean, Yolak doesn't keep anything hidden from Eleanor or Mira, unless you know. <laughs> unless <laughs> no, no, but something like that. Yeah. yeah, like he got a dagger. He didn't know that the dagger happened to be this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with, artifact. <laughs> with that, let's uh, check in with Eleanor. So Eleanor, you're riding on your camel, and you've got the. Uh, you're riding on Donovan. I know she's so happy. She's just really enjoying kind of the slower pace. The fact that we don't have to be going through pyramids and chasing down god queens or god kings and there's no more vampires. Like, it's it's nice that it's boring. And Eleanor has a newfound sense of, newfound, like, mental freedom. There's no tether. There's no tether anymore. How does that feel? Yeah, I think it feels really good for her, but it's also, like she and not that she had it for that long but it was pretty intense and i think she's kind of feeling feeling that void uh, of having that connection um and she's definitely still drawn to the north the more that she's found out about the different vampires the different politics of it um just kind of the fact that she has this power that's been brewing in her um she's like she's it's piqued her curiosity and while she's 100% committed to Mira and their mission and her friends um like she's she's going to go to the shadow realm and do everything there is a part of her that wants to go north that wants to go back that wants to kind of see like what is it like back in her hometown like should she kind of pick up the sword of her or her gauntlet of you know what her family's mission should she you know see if they are still around because she keeps getting these mixed messages of like yes the western girls are still there nope they've all been killed nope there's a couple of them but they're dispersed like she wants to know what happened so she's like thinking about that still mm -hmm. and i think the fact that like darius just left it like yes it was closure but it's not like you know, he's dead mm -hmm. of like, you know, that is the end. Like, it's just sort of like a parting of ways, which doesn't give like the full closure in a sense, even though it was closure. So yeah, she's totally still thinking about that, about what could have happened. And also, yeah, she doesn't want to be a vampire queen, but like, hmm, what would that be like? Like that, that was an offer on the table. Anyway, she's thinking about all these things, sure. but she's really enjoying the nice, calm serene camel ride on donovan and she's also watching mira and tomlin because uh you know she got this information that tomlin's like being all weird and gonna dump her friend mm -mm. <laughs> dump's a strong word i think self-preservation plays a little bit <laughs> i'm i'm curious was that just like uh was that just like uh, an aside girl talk moment that Eleanor and Mira had? Like, how did that come out that Mira was just chatting with Eleanor and was like, I think that Tomlin might be thinking about <laughs> dumping me. Like, how did that happen? Uh, I think, yeah, it was just like a little chat. I know maybe we should have done that in character. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's weird, like, well, talking. Like, she would have pulled her aside and been like, hey, how how is Tomlin? How is everything? Well, I'm not sure I, who, I don't remember exactly who was in the room when he said it. It might have been just the two of us. It was. It was, okay. Oh, Eleanor definitely asked. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she did. <laughs> <laughs> because she's been giving me nothing but guff since we met Tomlin. So Shocker! <laughs> 
<laughs> which is as the best friend that is 100 like her jurisdiction so i am totally fine um so yeah eleanor's hanging back so i'm letting like tomlin and mira ride ahead i'm not sure where yolak is in this order but back. okay so i guess mira and tomlin are uh, i'll go in the middle then if, if you're hanging back brooding then i'll i'll hang in the second oh, back and no i'm not like back back like i want to be close so i can hear but not too close so mm. we're leading the front eleanor's eavesdropping and you've got our six that seems <laughs> yeah. pretty on brand. yes so that's what we're doing standard operating procedure yes yeah all right what does eleanor what is how did eleanor react to yolok's news about his message from kama Oh, yeah, she's not happy. But we all knew that. Like, she knows something <laughs> is up with this dagger. And, like, she doesn't feel like anybody else is taking it as seriously as it should be. But she has spoken her piece about it. So she's worried. But it doesn't seem... We haven't had any more episodes of, you know, Yolok trying to attack us or mm. anybody else. So that's good. We also haven't really seen the dagger. It's been sheathed. So that's good as well. So I think... Yeah, she's uneasy, but hmm. but fine. Cool. So you all continue on your uh, on your trudging path, and it's starting to get into evening. And so um, you are not finding any nice looking uh, caves in the local hills in the uh, the rocky hillside to the right, but uh, you are able to find kind of a large um a, a larger rise that has a little bit of a a little bit of a a nook that you can sort of shelter in so at least you have uh at least you are kind of not going to get covered in sand overnight um so you're able to kind of have a set up a rough campsite none of you are particularly uh like survivalist but mira definitely knows her way around outside so it's very transferable skills um and you're able to get yourself a kind of hunkered down for the evening. Do you light a fire? Do you like how are you how are you camping right now? I think we would light a fire. You said that this is well traveled merchant road. It's pretty it is. safe. It is. I think we'd light a fire. Would we light yeah. a fire and veil it so that the fire is invisible, but we still get the benefit? I of mean, heat? are we necessarily even running from anyone at this point? No. no, we're just a target for, you know, there's still road bandits who don't necessarily want us for us, but like, we're still targets. Yeah. To come this far yeah, and to let our guard down, I think would be irresponsible. I think having a veiled fire would probably be fine. I think I'd like to just veil our campsite. Yeah. That is, uh, that is doable. Um, so that would, uh, would, that size would call for your, your daily or your, uh, not daily, but your, your meta magic, which you can easily use. Um, and so go ahead and that's not particularly difficult though. Go ahead and, uh, difficulty. Oh dear. <laughs> that is a, uh, one. That was very bad. Negative two on the dice plus your, yeah. Oh. So, um, so that is going to, um, Wild magic event on fire. <laughs> that uh, a wild magic event is a possibility here, unless you want to do something to change that outcome. 
in the middle of the desert, right? Yeah, I think it's fine. All right. Well, so. Yeah! You never let a, a bad roll settle so quickly. Yeah, I could have decided that I need to save my fate points. <laughs> so, uh, Eleanor is. Um... I mean, do you want me to spend a fate point to veil a no, fire? I mean, Let's go. There's yeah. like no one else. Great. What's going to happen? What's the worst that could happen? You know exactly what could happen when you say something like that, which is the DM gets creative. We're not going to give him any ammunition. We're going to make him think of it all on his own. <laughs> um, thinking about it all on my own. Because I feel like we give you stuff. We'll be like, oh, wouldn't this be horrible? And you're like, that's a great idea. And we're like, no. So we're not saying anything. <laughs> Awesome. So. <laughs> Although at least we control our own destiny that way. Right now he's up to his own devices. I know. As Eleanor stands uh, in the middle of your um, campsite trying to uh, build her, her magical power, she starts walking a circle around uh, around the campsite trying to... Uh, uh, channel her 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 energy and make the make all of your 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 whole group fade from view. Um, uh, as she's walking around, a a silvery light starts trailing behind her. As uh, and you start ex you've seen this before, and it, how it has worked in the past is a the silvery light sort of climbed its way up into sort of a dome, and and everyone sort of. All of you sort of disappeared in sight of it. And instead, as she's walking around, the uh, the silvery uh, kind of misty light trails around behind her. And indeed, all of you disappear from view. From each other as well. So normally... <laughs> You're inside a space. You're inside the the veil, and you all can still see each other and get around normally. But no, all of you go invisible, as well as all your stuff. Oh no! And the and the fire's invisible too. And an invisible campfire. So we can't see anything. It's just dark. It's dark. And we're all invisible. Yep. So all of your stuff is now very hard to handle. And it's going to be a really, really rough night. Oh. But no one can see you. Uh, oops. I... <laughs> Tomlin... I'm so sorry. Uh... Um, and Tomlin speaks up. A am I... Is, is it supposed to... <laughs> Poor Tomlin. Am I... <laughs> Ow! And he, but you hear you hear something bump, and he falls, and yeah, there's a noise of like packs falling, and a camel moans, and okay, so we now have the location of Tomlin, and he, there's at least one pack, so and the relative location to the camel, who presumably is tied up. So uh, Mira sort of shuffles away and like uses that you know sound to sort of hand pad her way and feel the heat of the flame of the campfire to get her way to him and try to help sort of 
by using a lot of bumping elbows and accidental toe steps to at least settle down her bedroll next to him and Aww. get him at least laid down so that he's not alone in the dark. Eleanor is, she feels really bad. And so she's going and getting sand and kind of finding where like, where stuff is at and just putting like a little bit of sand on top so we can see like a little <laughs> bit of outlines of where things are. That's really very clever. responsible. Well done. Well done. So you guys muddle through the the night. It, it's it's rough. It's it's at least not cold because yeah, you warm. did have a fire, but you have to be very careful that no one stumbles into the invisible fire. Um, and you have to. Uh, it's all it's all rather difficult to kind of get your your beds worked out. Everyone's bedroll is now you know has sand in it. And it's just kind of a crappy night. So for the fire, I'm also going to go get some rocks that were not veiled. And I'm going to put <laughs> it around where the fire's at so nobody walks through it. That'll work. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to make you guys micromanage how you get through the night. But suffice it to say, the night is, uh, the night is really uncomfortable and really unpleasant. And doesn't make Tomlin warm up. To, and, and all sorry <laughs> um food preparation is nearly impossible is mira alone or is she with tomlin like the whole time oh yeah she doesn't leave his side after everything he's been through to leave him alone in the dark in the middle of the desert absolutely not she is like physically in contact with him even if it's just like a foot at all times okay well eleanor's hanging out with yolok <laughs> um in the night yep. you guys do hear a bit you guys do hear a big noise of this big whooshing sound and um it's coming from the the east which is the the left sandier side of the of the the road that you've been on and you can't from where you are because of where you're sort of in your nook you can't see anything over there but you hear this large whooshing sound coming from far in the distance that starts getting louder over that it's something large is definitely coming close um is anyone going to go look or are you just going to stay hunkered down in your campsite is the yeah, whooshing lock, coming from above is for sure gonna go look it's coming from the distance coming okay. from the east side of the 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 desert mm, eleanor's gonna go with you okay we can go scout all right are the two i mean we're here? invisible you oh, are yeah. invisible. Yeah, yeah. We Scouting's should... easy. Yeah. So you uh you come around the 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 outcrop where you where you're camped, and it's dark, so it's very hard to see, but you can see the shape come this like kind of black shape coming in the distance, and the as the whooshing it's it starts quite Wait, uh Eleanor, do you tell Yolok that you're gonna go scout? <laughs> Does Yolok tell Eleanor he's going to go scout? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well then, yeah. She just say, um, yes, I, I'm going to come with you, Yolok. This will be complicated, given our precarious situation. I recommend that we approach from different sides so that we don't accidentally collide with each other 
or draw any unnecessary attention. Yes. Yes, that is that is good. Okay, so you each cool. go around other side opposite sides of yeah, the Yeah, we're outcome. doing we're doing like one of these okay. instead of one of these <laughs> with my hands in this yes. audio media. You're splitting, a, <laughs> <laughs> you're splitting around the outcrop and each of you watching. Okay, cool. So you yeah, both yeah, will yeah, see yeah. something similar then, but this importantly means you can't talk about it until later. So yep. you are both kind of in your own little spot. You're both invisible. You both are able to find kind of a bit of a bit of cover to observe from. And you're hearing this you know, quiet whooshing from long, far in the distance that's getting, you know, louder as it gets closer. And you see a black shape that it looks like definitely something large, but in, in the darkness, it's really hard to tell what it is until it gets closer. And as it starts uh, coming uh, a little ways away, call it maybe, oh, an eighth of a, uh, an eighth of a mile or so, you can finally get a better look. It's still very dark, but it becomes clear. It's a sand ship. So um, it is the size of a barge, and it is sailing right above the sand. Like, it it sort of... Now, didn't I take one of those yes. when I went to go see Kama? You did. You have ridden on one of these sand ships before, and you've, and we'll, you've probably had been on one in the past. There are groups of, uh, certain groups of merchants who actually travel around the desert on these sea, on these sand ships. And they are um, just a, they are a really impressive piece of magical craft that um, basically the sand beneath them effectively turns just soft and liquidy and it flows through the sand or right above the sand. It's really hard to tell. There's, there's, cause they're, the base of the boat is just this roiling cloud of sand stuff and it, and, uh, but it creates this very distinct whooshing sound. And now that it's getting close enough, uh, Yolok is able to realize, you know, recognize what it is. Um, Eleanor has seen one of these far off in the distance on one of your previous journeys when you were, uh, or, when you were previously approaching Perbastet, they were uh, entering a different gate in the in the city. So again, you've seen them, but again, at night, it was hard to tell what it is. But a large sand ship is approaching, approaching you. Now, since you're both invisible, your campsite is invisible, they have absolutely no indication that any of you are there. And... It comes sailing off from the uh, the east, and as it approaches this main road, it actually turns and then starts running parallel with this main road, and then whooshes its way, uh, on, uh, turning south to head down to Perbastet. I am assuming that neither of you are going to try and like jump on the ship or flag the ship down or anything like that since you're trying to be covert yeah and it, you said it's headed to Perbastet. it's not headed the direction we want to go that is the direct yeah it is turning to head down towards Perbastet. oh yeah i think we just i'm just gonna watch it okay so. yeah i don't see any reason 
as it uh, turns and starts heading down that way, um, as it turns just a, about one minute after it turns and starts heading south, you hear a whole bunch of shouts and um, a lot of angry yells and even the sound of a, of a, of a, of a screaming camel and the whooshing just keeps disappearing far off in the distance and you hear so the the sat the the yells are for a, a last for a moment and then it kind of just goes everything kind of goes quiet and i take a rock and i want to like throw it to get yolok's attention <laughs> wherever you think so yolok a rock yeah, lands I mean, we, we have no earthly idea where each other yeah no a rock lands like 10 feet away from you <laughs> okay, I see the rock land ten feet away from me, and I have no idea where it came from. Okay, well, I throw another. I'm just like, getting, like, I'm just throwing rocks. Why don't you just yell or something? <laughs> Yo, luck. I hear the yell. <laughs> Yo, luck. Where, where are you? Where are you? I'm here, and I, I like grab a big thing of sand with my hands and I throw it up in the air to create like a dust. <laughs> a dust. It's a good, you see it a, a little, a burst of dust. In oh, good luck. And, and she kind of goes walking quickly over. Did you hear that? Did you see that? I did, but I don't know what to make of it. Let's get on the carpet. Uh, is the carpet invisible? Okay. Yes, it is. I am gonna roll to get rid of this veil. This sucks. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna roll. No, 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 I love it! No, it's so good! <laughs> it's so good! Are you kidding me? We're in... We are invisible! Okay, okay, yes. okay. Okay, we're gonna go... I mean, I think I know what pack the, the carpet's in because I, I packed it. And You could call it. You could, like, you know... Get it to pop out. Does it do that? We, sure. It's yeah, been, it's got <laughs> okay. it's, it's been voice activated. Yes. There's, there's precedent Eleanor for this. Eleanor gives a little whistle. I can't whistle. <laughs> Side note, I played Anna in The King and I, and there's a whole song of Whistle a Happy Tune, and I had to have a stunt oh, whistler backstage. <laughs> And I would sit there, and when she whistles, I'd just pretend someone would whistle for me. That is some, like, singing in the rain, backstage I voice acting. <laughs> so I need a stunt whistler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure. The, uh, the, uh, you, you're, you, you're, you hear a bunch of pack rustling as, uh, that, that sounds an awful lot like it might be the carpet getting free, and then you hear a little bit of a the a little bit of rippling like you've heard when it f kind of flies through the air, and then you, you you can't see it. Well, I do the whistle again, and I'm like, and, and it, it kind of clasps. You feel a like, thing kind of bump into oh, you. Okay, your luck, your luck over over here. Find my hand, find my hand. Yes, there you go. <laughs> she kind of like helps him up on his so in the course of trying to fall on a uh, get climb onto an an invisible carpet, one of you is going to fall off. Which one of you will it be? 
I'll do it. All right. Eleanor, in the course of trying to climb up on the invisible carpet, accidentally falls off the opposite end, misjudging where the perimeter of the carpet is, and lands in a bush. Do I take a stress? No. <laughs> You I'm, just become landed in a bush. Okay, well, I'm I, just having fun. I get up, I dust myself on, and I quickly right. climb aboard the carpet because I want to go help that camel. This... I like have this new affinity for camels that I feel like we need to go save it. <laughs> All right, That's so, so you eventually get yourselves on the carpet and you start uh, flying down following the road. What you find a little ways down is a another, it's about maybe a like half a mile away from you but it's another group of travelers and their campsite is complete they were on the 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 sandy side of the road the north side of the road or sorry not north the west side of the road and their campsite is just wrecked and the trail of the sand ship went right through their campsite Ooh. And there is, it looks like there are some, some really busted up folks, a busted up camel, a ruined campsite, and some really, some folks in a really rough way. Well, we got to go mm. get Mira. Sorry, what, what did you say? We got to what? We need to go get Mira. Uh, yeah. I think so. Okay, so, yeah. we, so we turn the carpet back around real quick. Go speeding back up. I feel like we're like in a land speeder, like in Star Wars, just <laughs> around the desert. Um, so we go speeding back. Uh, and uh, <laughs> great. Wait. Okay, we know where our campsite is. They're yes, invisible, but we know outcrop. where the camp Okay, so we find the outcrop. We go over to where I think they're at, I think. Um, your luck, you wait here with the carpet. And I, like, have a little rock that I set where they're at. Don't <laughs> move. <laughs> As you wish. <laughs> and, uh, Eleanor goes over and kind of starts, like, tapping her hands around where she thinks they are, just kind of feeling around. Not saying anything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mira. M Mira? Mira. No. Mira! Ellen, Eleanor, what is it? Where are you? I'm I'm here. Follow my voice. Wait, wait, is this you? <laughs> Marco! <laughs> Marco! She grabs someone. Tom ah! Oh! oh Stop <laughs> you! Go back to sleep. <laughs> what? Sorry, Tomlin, I'm sorry. Shh. what's going on? Uh, Mira, there was a big sand ship, and it it was going along the road. Yolak and I watched it, and it turned, and we heard some funny noises and some screams, and then it continued going. Uh, Yolak and I jumped on the carpet to go see what was up, and the sand ship ran straight through another traveler's camp. They look in bad shape, and I think we ought to go help them if we can. How far back is this? Not far. Not far. Come g gather your your things. All right. Tomlin, I'm so sorry to do this to you. I, I have to go see if I can help. 
but clearly nobody can see anyone, even each other. So I think you'll be safe if you just stay here. You want me to, oh, okay. Would, would you prefer to come? I, I don't want to drag you into any other scenarios. Bad people can be hurt as well. And so I don't know the intention or alignment of the people who I'm about to go try to help. So I don't want to take you into an unknown situation. Would you rather stay here or do you want to come with? I, I think I'll stay. I think I'll stay here. Yes. Okay. Be careful. We'll, we'll hightail it to the soonest sign of danger. I'm only willing to help people worth helping. Let's go. And I help Mira find the carpet and get her on board. <laughs> so I think we've established that three of you on the carpet is... You look little. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm, I'm back at the spot. Remember, she put a rock. No, I put yeah, you back on the carpet. Exactly. You're on the carpet. I didn't leave you at the campsite. I thought I thought you left me and said, "Wait here." Oh, sorry. I thought that you came back to our campsite with us, and I, we, you were on the carpet, and I said, "Stay here with the carpet and put a rock." <laughs> okay. <laughs> she parked right outside the campsite, and she came to get me, and now the three of us are rolling out. Right, okay. We've, right. we've established that the three of us can ride yes, on the carpet. It is slow. It's slow, yes. We have established that. Slower, yes. We can't pull any wild aerial maneuvers, but its capacity is fine. Okay. Yes, we have done that before. Okay, so you are able to, all three of you, it's extra tricky with you all being invisible, um, but you are able to make your way a little more slowly down towards the other campsite so it's been uh it's taken a, a little while it's you know what i say half a mile or so so time is passed um uh, by the time you get back now um the group seems to be kind of pull, working on kind of pulling themselves together you def you hear one uh as you approach you do hear one one voice kind of calling out in pain and uh uh you don't hear the moaning camel anymore uh -oh. Mm. Sad. They have a. They have a. It looks like uh, someone is kind of re working on uh, reassembling around the fire, and it looks like it's a group of about uh, a dozen people, mostly mostly men, and there's a. They have their own collection of camels and a cart or two. Yeah, two carts. We'll say. Um, so it looks. As you're approaching, it's a pretty obviously like a trader, a group of traders on the road. Uh, looks like they're headed probably the same. They must be headed the same direction you are. Otherwise, you would have crossed paths earlier. So, but but pretty pretty clear that this is they're not like dripping with weapons. There's no like. Hostage cages like this there, is a yeah. There are no hostage no cages. There are no. There are. There does. There does seem to be like some. There you do see some like a few spears and shields, like guards. Um, but we're invisible. We can pretend to be gods. Oh my goodness! And to what end? To heal them just for fun. We could be spirits. <laughs> we could be ghosts. We're invisible! 
We can fly around and drop things. <laughs> so you want to play with these poor people who have just lost their, you know, their their campsite and possibly limbs in the process? Maybe we could get them to pray to us. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure I can be party to this. You realize that oh my my, my <laughs> came here to, to help. Them. I know I'm teasing, but at least. Never mind. <laughs> you guys do what you want to do. <laughs> you enlisted my help, and now I you're know, saying I'm just thinking, we are invisible. What are they going to think? Maybe we should just be like, we are the great sand spirits. We have come to help you. Give us an offering, and we will heal your wounds. And then you can heal them, and then we can have food. R reminder that Mira's healing isn't like... Cure light wounds, magical um, woo, woo. It's like I need to like bandage and poultice and and. Uh, I know, you know. It's, yeah, it's a very like terrestrial form of. <laughs> I, sorry. So so what can can you describe again? I'm just a little confused. So we have these traders, yes. and their yep. camp has been crashed into by this this uh the sand ship. Yep. Where's the sand ship now? Oh, it kept going, hit and run. It basically sailed through their campsite, wrecked their day, and kept on going. Are the are the traders talking about anything? Oh yeah, they're like... they're like yeah, they're they're there's all kind of interactions going on. I'm just describe describing it very generally because you're you're approaching from a distance. We could also go fly and try to catch the sand ship and take it. Commandeer the ship? We're invisible. I'm commandeering this. <laughs> And then we could ride it to Cormel. It, it point of order. It was going fairly fast. Oh, okay. We can't and catch you, it. Yeah, one of you on the carpet all by yourself could probably catch it. You lot could take the ship. <laughs> I have faith. It's a terrifying okay, concept, so but yes, he probably the... <laughs> could if he was in little... the multiverse. In the multiverse of timelines, he there is a scenario where Mira and Eleanor stay on to these poor campsite merchants as a relief effort and send Yolok <laughs> on a solo commandeering mission, armed with the void. This is yes. spirit of vengeance. Yes, but I'm not sure I can be party to that. <laughs> Now, I'm not hating this idea. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I, okay, so, are they saying, are the traders saying anything about, like, was this expected? Did this come out of nowhere? Like, what, what are they saying? Are they just, like, are they hurt? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely, like, they've, 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 okay, so, it's probably been, between your back and forthing, it's probably been at least half an hour by now, so, like, They've had, like, they've gotten over their initial shock and they're in, like, reaction time or they're in, like, trying to sort their life out mode right now. So you definitely, they're, they're, they're having conversations about, like, you, okay, in order to get details of conversations, you guys have to, like, we need to start talking about more logistics. I was giving you a physical description as you're approaching of fairly general stuff. So, well, that certainly changes the conversation, yeah. like... Information are, that we now have to know that they're not like you know raiders. Or something. Yeah, yeah, they are very clearly traders, and they are very clearly like in in uh, recovery from a catastrophe mode. Um, no, so now I have a veil question. Sure. If 
Eleanor drops the veil on three of us. Does that drop the veil on our campsite too? Because it was part of the same cast? You have no earthly idea. This is not Does normal. She... This is not normal. Uh, I would assume that I tried to drop it already. Because why would I try to, why would I leave it all? Um, so removing it takes effort, which you have not, normally it wouldn't, but now that because this is a wild magic event and not actually your proper spell, it is, it's like trying to dismantle someone else's spell, which is doable. Mm. You can do that, but thus far you have found you, you've seemed to find you usefulness in the, the fact that you're all invisible. So the reason I ask is because from where Mira stands, She's not willing to drop the veil at, on Tomlin and our yeah. campsite's protection just to lend help. So she's hoping that she can use her voice and magic to at least offer help. And if they refuse due to distrust, at least she tried. That's yeah. why we could be sand spirits. <laughs> well, they can believe what they want to believe. Mira's offer is going to be sincere. So, um, Okay. So I think we should approach them and at least offer whatever we can do to assist their situation. Are are you all open to to approaching and making ourselves known best we can? Yes, Mira. I I would be happy to. And Eleanor's gonna jump off the carpet. Okay, you all you you hear her slide off the carpet and hear land on the ground. I watch for her footprints and I follow extremely closely. <laughs> okay, I'm going to approach okay. the camp. So there is a, you see, uh, now that you're quite a bit closer, um, you see... Wait, is everyone off the carpet? So far they are still on it. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I've got my whip. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tie an end of my whip to, like, the, the corner of the carpet. Sure. So that I can like so have it like as a leak a leash. Sure. Yeah, that's a great that, idea. That works. You can do that. All right, cool. You have a leashed carpet. So we're all together. You're all together. Yeah. <laughs> Very clever. Okay, cool. So as you approach the camp, uh, you can see um, in between uh, you and the campfire, there is a trio. And you see a... Uh, it's they're all quite backlit, so it's hard to see you know many details of them because there's like the campfire is behind them. But there is a woman who looks uh, slim but pretty hard, like pretty wiry, um, and she's got a, uh, a a headdress that kind of wraps around the top of her head, comes down, then wraps around her shoulders, but her face is is open. She has bare arms that look fairly, fairly uh, muscly, and then she has big poofy pants, but then come down into tight boots below her knees. And she's uh, sitting there with her hands on her hips, talking to two other people. One of whom looks like a fairly, uh, a fairly round man with a big poofy beard. And a uh, and then a large, large poofy hair, and then a 
another man who is uh, looks tall and skinny and is in a in robes. The three of them are talking, and they all look like they're they're having a very serious conversation. And they look like the ones presumably in charge, just with their their dress and their posture. The lady definitely looks like the one in charge. The two of them are talk. It looks like the two of them are like talking to her. They're they're sort of shoulder to shoulder, um, and she's you know facing the two of them. And it, it def- the 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 body read is definitely that she's in charge. We listen. So okay, so you're getting close enough. Oh yeah, we are invisible. You you are. Yeah, invisible. we're we're still eavesdropping at this point because if announcing ourselves would would yep. uh, threaten our safety. Then yeah, we're just so, gonna. So Eleanor, please give me a covert roll. You are invisible, but mm. so this will not be terribly covert. difficult. Covert. I got a plus two. Two. All right, that'll do it. So, since you are invisible, um, so the, there, <clears throat> there, it seems like the, the, the two men are giving the woman a, uh, a status report. Well, I think he will, I think he will, I think he will survive, but I don't think he can walk. Um, and I'm, I'm. We've definitely lost one of the camels. The cart is repairable, but damaged. It got knocked over. One wheel seems bad, but I think it's I think it's workable. The other cart is fine. Um, minimal damage to our material to our to our goods. Um, one box was broken open, but everything it seems okay. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, Haster is, is, Haster is dead. And she looks taken aback. Wait, what? Yes, he, he seemed to have, yeah, uh, the, 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 the round man just sort of gets a little over, uh, he's trying to like keep it together and he gets a little overcome and just puts his, his, face in his hand and and uh the lady kind of reaches out both hands and t- holds his shoulders in a very kind of comradey way and <sighs> very well she says we will oh let's see what we can do to get everyone ready to move in the morning there's We didn't. We didn't. We don't have a medic on this trip, so we'll have to do the best we can. So Mira, here's that opportunity to at least assume friendly intentions, and she very delicately speaks with like the most unthreatening tone, so as not to. Well, hey there, folks. Or yeah, not exactly. A medic. Not that. <laughs> um please don't be alarmed i i assure you we come in peace the we three of them peace. absolutely scramble back towards the fire in shock and two of the woman 
the woman actually pulls two daggers out of you have no idea where. And the Wait, two men, the, the skinny man is cowering behind the round man. I know that our lack of visual appearance is off-putting, and I, for that we are sorry. Uh, I, I promise you, this was not our intention. I Who are you? Where are you? She, um, she's kind of holding out the daggers like she's waiting for someone to jump her from any sides. So we are I, the spirits I... of the desert. We come <laughs> to you. We come to you in peace. They look. They... And, and I take some sand and just kind of. <laughs> what? What? We saw your camp get taken out by that sand ship, and we came to your aid. Who, who are you? We, we are friends. I, our story doesn't matter. Whatever you choose to believe, I understand this is extremely far-fetched, but I can promise you I can help. You, you mentioned there's someone who's injured, and you also have a cart that is in need of repair? Yeah. She, she's looking around, and the two men are, like, sh shrugging. Uh, if, she's kind of looking would... in your general direction, but it feels like her eyes are kind of going sort of off, like, to your left, Mira. She's not quite looking at you because she can't see you, but she's trying to, like, figure out where you are. Uh, so, wait, you're, you're people? We are spirits of the desert. We are travelers like you. Travelers we, in the desert. Uh, we we have found ourselves invisible to due to an unfortunate. We are spirits, and I like like <laughs> to elbow mirror wherever she's at. <laughs> I take like a gut punch because it's like right in the solar plexus. I, I won't sit and argue our backstory to you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm. Our, our offer to help stands. However far-fetched you may take our presence here, uh, if I can help, if you would allow me, I would I would like to assist anyone in need. So, let me get this straight. You, your desert sand spirits here to help us? Yes. That's that's about the the gist of it. Uh. The, the the lady lowers her daggers. I am so confused. Show show me the cart that is in need of repair, and if I can do so successfully, then hopefully I can gain your trust and I can help the more bodily injuries. Where where, where are you? We are I, everywhere. I you. And nowhere. She kind of looks. <laughs> You, she, she looks kind of your direction. I think she, you, you think she's maybe actually got your locate, got your general location from your voice. Now. Oh well, then I'm walking away, uh. <laughs> and I'm taking the carpet with me. Gosh. <laughs> sure. Uh, you see, we are here, Taku, and then I walk, walk, walk. Taku, show her the, and show her the cart. Where, where? She's looking around, and we walk over to the cart. The skinny, uh, the, the tall skinny man kind of j leads her, uh, the, the cart, 
is over this way. He gestures very broadly because he can't. The cart is over this way. You can just point I, me exactly to where we need to go. I can see you just fine. Just oh, show me what's broken. Okay. He 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 walks over towards the cart. Yeah, you're close to him. Yeah. As we go by, I kind of just brush and just do a little like like a little whooshy thing with my fingers, like he, across him, just to kind of <laughs> spins in a circle and like almost Absolutely. falls over. We're trying to help these poor people who are already in distress. I know. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> All right, he takes you over to the cart. Um, help. The this cart. This is what Eleanor does when the void has been is left from Darius's pull on her. <laughs> this is what the opening in her subconscious it just turns to trickster. <laughs> I love it. So he takes you to the cart. One, the, there's two carts. The one in front is the damaged one. The one behind it looks uh, like looks like it's okay. So the damaged one is um the the wheel um <clears throat> it's a spoked wheel and it looks like uh some of the spokes have been uh have been broken so the wheel is like on a weird kilter and it definitely won't retain won't won't be uh stable over for for driving and it looks like the whole thing probably got got knocked into and sort of overturned but they've pulled it they have since kind of pulled stuff together but it's obviously damaged so the, is it the wheel or the axle or just sort of the wheel it? it's the the spokes are basically all mangled okay Presumably it, is this... of, it is made of wood with a metal uh, ring that was my question yes. <laughs> the spoked wheel is made of wood okay yes. carved 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 spokes made of wood and then the wheel is a wooden band ringed with a an outer ring of of a of a, a metal. I I lack the vocabulary here, um, but a, a metal case a metal casing around the wheel, on the along the rim. So Mira grasps each of the broken uh, spokes with her hands and um, regrafts the wood and basically regrows the wood so that it is structurally sound in all the places it was broken. Okay. So um, all they see is the wood uh, regrowing. Yeah. It's it's pretty Ooh. creepy. Um uh Mira, give me a focus roll. Okay. That is a 5. Wow. All right. Well Dang. then. That's a uh, that is a success with style. So, um, Mira's never felt so relaxed, so confident. This is like pressure's off. She's doing a favor. This is just like I know it's a weird thing because I'm invisible and all, but like this is going to be the best wheel on the whole thing. And so, if I'm able to use my flourish just to prove, just to ensure their trust, because she really wants to help the wounded, um, she fixes the wheel and reinforces it with like sort of extra extra reinforced thickness and tread on the wheel and then she sort of gives a light touch to the other three wheels so they match and basically not only repairs the wheel but kind of bumps them up to reinforce all four so that it is a smoother ride less prone to damage sure sounds good absolutely so um taku is watching you work through this and he's just amazed he 
Excuse me, I don't want to... I don't want to interrupt, but how are you doing this? This this is what I do. I, I have connection with the earth, with the flora, and you are very fortunate that you have chosen a wooden vessel uh, to, to make your travels, which I am very adept at repairing. And so hopefully you will see how good I am with wood and other plant matter that I will tell you that I also have a, uh, a well-accomplished skill set in herbalism and minor healing that hopefully I may bring some relief to some of your wounded. Will, will this suffice as a, as a sample of my abilities? Oh my good gods. Oh, yes, this is marvelous. Please. Um, Oh my goodness. Ah, th thank you. Thank you, Desert Spirit. Um, you can call me Mira. It's fine. Mira. Uh, yes, c come. The, uh, he, he's looking around. Um, he, he, he looks around and he, he, he guides you over to, um, there's a couple, um, a couple folks on the, lying on the ground near the fire in, uh, in, that are uh, kind of wrapped up for bed rolls, uh, except for one who is um, off to the, sorry. There are two people by the fire laying down, sleeping, looking like they've been receiving medical attention. And then there's another body off a little further that is, uh, just has a blanket kind of draped across uh, across the body. Um, and there's a, uh, there's a young woman who's kind of looks like she's trying to attend to the, <gasps> the two people sleeping. Eleanor knows where Mira is. Okay. We've been walking around. Sure. She's been hearing her talk. She like knows she's by the wagon. She goes over. Mira, do you have a fig on you? I do. Always. You should go give some to that. They they said that that one of their people had died. You should give them a fig and see if it'll bring them back to life. So, aside, we've never really established the precise mechanics of the figs of eternal life, and I feel like that's something that Mira would know whether it literally has the power to be jammed into the mouth of a dead body and reanimated. Well, how long has he been dead? And is he really dead or, like, Just or only partly dead? dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're in, we're in, uh, we're, we're something special tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm asking him, before I make any uh, caretaker fate rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to check with the, with the lore. Yeah, so we have never touched on it before. So, they definitely will not... No, sorry, I was they... just saying yes. <laughs> we have not touched on this before. They definitely will not bring someone back to life who has departed this world. However, there is something to the idea of, like, someone has just barely died, where there, the, there seems to be some element of their spirit will hang around, will, will not immediately pass to the other world uh, right away, but it's very poorly understood, and Mira is not sure how long 
that threshold quite lasts and doesn't have any ability to discern whether it's um whether their the person's spirit is still around or if their spirit has has moved to the great beyond with the uh with their patron deity okay so i just wanted to make sure that i was that i was consistent with what yeah. mira knows and what we have either established or what that you know that has yeah. never come up before. what you okay. do know is that it has been more or less uh well I was going to say it was about 30 minutes or so, at least from before. Now you've been working on the cart for a while, for a while. Like it's been, it's been long enough that your, your gut is says that like, they're probably not there anymore. Okay. So as, but if they are, what? For science. So, so as we are um, being escorted to the wounded, I see the body and I I'm sort of putting together the timeline thinking God it's worth a shot because worst case he doesn't get any better. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a thing. So I and it that's true. Worst case, but based on the flashback we had with Petra, she's ready to give them all up. So it's bonus true. if she gets to hang on to a few. So um so so Mira very delicately says, um I I'm I'm sorry to hear about your friend. Um I I'm wondering if you would I I mean no disrespect to you and I, I I don't believe we have a whole lot of time for me to explain, but if there's any chance that I could save him, would you allow me access under the sheet? He he looks in your vague direction. Um, yes, I... Yes, if you think you can help, I I won't say no. He he goes and he, he goes down to the... Uh, leads you to the, the dead body um, and pulls uh, the... pulls the uh, blanket back and you can see this person has a um blunt trauma to the head um to the kind of back side of mm. the head probably got crashed into something and fell and hit a rock or who it's hard to know what happened but some sort of blunt trauma to the back side of the uh, of the head is probably the cause of death hit a rock but not the bird this time <laughs> oh my god <laughs> We are in rare form tonight. <laughs> so, um, so Mira goes over and and um, approaches the sheet and sort of assesses and um, opens the box and takes out a fig and um, just with a little pocket knife just slices just a little piece of the open flesh so that the juice can sort of like go into the mouth like no chewing is required like really just trying to how do you feed a dead body don't <laughs> don't look at me like that i realize this is an audio medium as we said but i mean how do you feed a dead body? i think that's a great idea i think this is yes oh, so so carving these these wedges into slices and and putting them in in the poor departed mouth um and um 
she sort of gently and reverently like closes his chin to like contain everything within the closed mouth and then close puts the sheet back back over and waits things aren't that big she can she can do five or six slices and close the mouth so um the the man taku is definitely looks very kind of like Tur- he he actually kind of steps away as he sees the mouth being opened because he can't see a you or anything you're doing so it's yeah. super creepy for him so he steps away um you you close the mouth and sit there and you wait for a minute and you wait and you see a little bit of the juice on the side of the mouth just kind of dribbling out of the, the the corner of the mouth just a little bit and nothing happens may i roll nope or this just a no-go well i i'm i'm sorry i couldn't do more I, i'm sorry i couldn't do more to what help this I... this one this was a reach i i admit this was a reach but what I what I did couldn't hurt. Um, I I had to try. Um, what what other injuries? What other injuries are there? So Eleanor is going to give this a go as well, in her own way. Mira did her fig thing, and she goes over. Eleanor knows <gasps> that there's a way to turn people. Right, to bring them back. <laughs> she takes her knife out and she slices her arm. And she's going to put some of her blood mixed with the fig into his mouth and see what happens. If anything happens. Wow, that's that's creepy. Alright. Alright. So. None of you can see what's happening except for you see the 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 person's mouth kind of opened again and then you do see drops of red up uh uh, dripping suddenly from a space in nowhere above the mouth dripping down into the mouth and creating this red mush inside the person's mouth (laughs) and it then shuts so gross he's dead so if it doesn't work it's fine and you wait and you wait (laughs) and nothing happens Ah! nothing happens nope (laughs) (laughs) a desperate grasp at the character sheet (laughs) That was like a whole narrative arc. I was like totally willing to go on. Just like, I know. is it worth it to be reanimated as a vampire? We would have to give him a card, say, go see our friends in the houseboat. They'll take care of you and <laughs> tell them we sent you. And then we see him flinch. No. Oh. Body's cold. It was, it was a solid effort. I, I don't know what 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 would have happened, but you tried. Thanks, Eleanor. 
Now to the wounded, please. As I turn to the merchant. Yeah, Taku. Uh, Taku leads leads you uh, over to the the two bo- the two folks who were wrapped up in their bed rolls near the fire. One of them uh, has a a very roughly done splint on one arm. It looks like they were, uh, looks like they were, uh, their elbow got mashed. And then the other one looks like their, uh, their foot has actually been, been, uh, or the ankle has been like really, really badly damaged. And so they both kind of been have had a very rough kind of compress and wrapping. And there's a there's a young there's a, a teenage girl there doing uh, who's kind of, looks like she's been kind of tending to them. Um, Taku tries to explain. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Sierra, there are helpers here. You you can't see them. I can't see them. They're unseeable, but they have come to our aid and they fixed our carts and they think they can fix our wounded. Um, can you, can you tell them what you've done? And she looks at him. Excuse me. Are you serious? Yes. Very. Okay. Um, I, you you can address me over here. My name is oh, Mira. Can oh, you tell me what uh, what treatments you've you've administered to these folks? Yeah, she goes off on to uh, give you some some details about um, you know uh, trying to straighten you know straighten a joint and trying to bind them as tight as she can, but she doesn't have the right supplies and she's never really she's never really dealt with things this this kind of intense she usually just does base has done basic first aid so she's very out of her very out of her depth here and she starts actually getting a little overcome and there's some some tears well up in her in her eyes as she's trying to explain you know how she did everything she's done everything she can you you've done you've done more for these people than 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 i certainly could having the first response is the best response you've You've done beautifully. Your work is admirable. You you may rest now. Thank you. If I need your help, I will ask for it. But you've done your part. You deserve a you deserve a rest. Thank thank you, thank you. She actually kind of sits down nearby. She doesn't seem like she wants to leave, but she does sit down and like have a have a little drink and like try to. Seems like she's resting a bit. But she's watching, trying to figure out what is going on. So I would instruct her to like help me if if she could take instruction from my invisible supplies in hand. So I'm sort of trying to um, double. Yeah, and so going through your supplies is real. Yeah, that's I'm, a this is, problem. It's really putting my skills to the test because I have to like smell all of my ingredients to try oh. to identify them, which. It's like a party trick, but like she's never had to do it like in <laughs> the sense of urgency. So, you know, she's pretty good at identifying supplies and scents and stuff. Um, so she puts together what is her best guess is a sort of a pain relief kind of balm. Mm. Um, 
which is funny because this is sort of like the end of our journey. And our journey started with coming across a caravan in the desert in the night and me trying to mend a busted up leg and failing at it and feel really terrible. So here we are again. And it's your circumstances like, are a lot harder this time. Um, yeah. So you can so, do this. I like your I like your your narration of how you how you can kind of go about through you know certain things by feel, certain things by smell, some of that, um, maybe even a little bit of taste. I, I like I like the the I like the way you're thinking about it. So I think I think Yolok. Sorry, if I can just please chime in for a moment. I think that Yolok is just completely wondering what was going on with this uh with the sand the sand ship because like you know it's one thing i guess to do to do this hit and run but something about this just isn't sitting right with him so um can i do a quick roll and like see if i can discern anything from the nearby surroundings like and investigate or something um, a focus, a focus role, perhaps. I think I need to understand a little more of what you're trying to, like. So all we saw, all we saw was the the sand ship coming through. We heard the sounds, and then we came upon it, and we are just we've deduced that what happened was the sand ship came in, crashed into the camp, and that was that, right? Yeah. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to scan the scene, see if I can find any markings from the sand ship, like insignias that could indicate like who is aboard the sand ship, because it's heading more or less the same direction that we were going, right? Uh, opposite. It's headed back towards Perlesta. Oh, it's headed back. Okay, but there could be someone in the, you know, in the place that we're going that would, you know care to know about this kind of thing um and since i've been on a sand ship like this before i think that i might have seen i don't know some kind of identifying characteristics i mean if it hit the whole camp and kind of shattered everything i doubt it would have gone completely unscathed yeah so, so i'm looking for any kind of identifying insignia or something like that that would indicate a point of origin, a trading guild, a captain, a anything. So, uh, go ahead and give me a yeah. Focus, focus is appropriate. Just because, like, I don't know. I feel one hundred percent useless in these types of scenarios. Um. Okay. Yeah, focus. And I don't think... Yeah, okay. Uh, so that's plus one to my two. So that's a three. Okay, nice. So you're able to... You're able to kind of figure out the trail of the sand ship through the, the, the disruption in the sand, and it looks like it didn't run through the center of the camp it ran along sort of the side of the camp, uh, which happened to be the side where the carts were and uh, presumably these other individuals and a, a camel. And 
it was you can actually see that it it looks like it veer the trail veers a bit at the last minute like they were going and they realized too late that they were gonna hit something and they tried to veer and then uh still clipped through a side of the camp and then um uh and then kept going um and you don't find any pieces but it uh, like there's no like pieces of the ship that provide any like useful uh bits or anything um it's probable that the carts probably scraped up the ship but it didn't like knock stuff off of it or anything like that okay however um it's possible that based on how close it came people in the camp might have seen been able to get a look at like the crew mm. on the ship or something like that um okay but you can kind of get a better sense of based on the trail of the ship, it looks like it was heading straight and then it makes this veer as it realized it was about to, it couldn't veer enough and it crashed through the side of the camp causing the damage and, and that we've, that we've talked about. Got it. And then it didn't stop. Uh, Mira, you are, um, you are trying to work through your, um, your, the, the materials in your herbalism, your herbalism pouch, trying to piece together the stuff that you, that you need to do. So, um, as a reminder, so you, you do not have the healing stunt. What you have done in the past is you use your, you're using your herbalism stunt to pay a fate point to let you basically pretend to have the healing stunt very briefly. Because I'm so good with my supplies, I can yes. be... You can whip up a variety of things with your herbalism stuff to create a once a one-use stunt in the moment. Yeah. Okay. So, this will require a fate point. Um, however, uh, because this is so difficult, okay, um, I need you to... We'll go ahead. So you get the you get the herbalism stunt effect, okay? But pulling this off because of the invisibility is really, really challenging, okay? So this is a focus roll, um, but you need in order to uh, in order to uh, help these people, uh, you need a five. Fair, okay. So you need to spend one fate point now just to activate all of this and then you need to make your roll so any if you need to spend extra fate points or anything like that you can but you need to spend one now so i need to spend one to do it and then depending on the result correct. see how many more it would take to succeed okay correct all right here we go it's having flashbacks oh don't be terrible here we go <laughs> there's the five woo all, All right. right. So, it take you take your time and work through lots of little lots of wrong stuff, but you're able to kind of work out you're able to sort of work out what uh the pieces you need. Uh you're able to work out the pieces you need and you're able to mix something up and put together kind of a a uh, a salve and some bandages and uh also a um a much better kind of wrapping 
than was originally done uh, because it was done with just sort of strips of, of cloth and things like that. So you're able to put together something much better and you are able to actually um, set these people right. So they're still injured. They will need, uh, they will need recovery time, but uh, you're able to, um, for one of them, you're able to get it kind of reset and um, on its way. And the other one, you actually found uh, the the wound was actually, um, uh, there was actually a bunch of kind of blood problems, the way it was uh, swelling and not releasing and possibly infected. Uh, you're able to treat that one a little more carefully. So you're able to take care of these people. And just as you are um, kind of uh, showing your work to the, uh, to the girl, suddenly you all hear a, <gasps> coming from, and a, a hand's pushing up from the blanket. And, or sorry, the, the dead man that you were trying to revive earlier is suddenly pushing the blanket off of their, off of their body and gasping for breath. So Mira hightails it over there and like takes the blanket off of his face and just like, like tries not to what? touch him because he's already just like, oh, I, I, what is going well, he can't breathe. see you. Breathe deeply. Breathe deeply. What? Just what? go down. What? In through the nose, out through the mouth. Just He can't see you. Friends. It's not helping. Safe. We are the desert sand spirits. <laughs> we have brought you. We have brought you back to life. Taku and the uh, the girl come running over, as does the uh, the the lady that you met, the leader earlier. A whole bunch of ring of other people, obviously forming around as well. And uh, but they all come over, and Taku comes comes close and uh, looks down. Oh my, Gerald, Gerald, you're 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 alive. You, I saw your your head in and. Uh, then suddenly the round man comes bursting through the crowd. Gerald! And he falls on his knees and he touches the back of the head where, where there was the wound before and takes his hand away. Oh my, oh my God, Gerald, Gerald! And he reaches for it and he just kisses his forehead and he gives him the biggest hug. Gerald! Oh my God, Gerald! And he's just crying and Gerald is just gasping and... He kind of gently puts his arm around the the the, the round man and, oh my, I, what ha, I don't remember, I just, I saw the sh the sand ship and, I screamed and that's all and Joe sh 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 sh, it's okay, it's okay, it's and the, the captain, calls out. Spirits of the desert, where are you? We we are here. We we are and we are company. We are we're assessing the situation. Uh, so I quick I pull I pull Eleanor. I I grasp for her. I assume she's nearby because I heard her announce her spiritual presence. Sure, so you can I grab her. her. What I assume is her shoulder, <laughs> and I get really close and I say, Eleanor, did you do this or did I? 
you need to tell me if you can tell. Like with a very like warning tone, like this dude is gonna get oriented pretty quickly and his demeanor is gonna go one way or another. Well, even if it was me, he's got a whole fig in him and we know that the figs keep it at bay for a while, so I don't know if we will know. Can you tell? Would you be able to tell a newly turned, although I I I would assume although... I would assume that if if I did turn him, then I would have that connection. But the figs I don't think we can know. Okay, we'll put a pin in this. <laughs> We are going to need to have a very private conversation with this poor man when he is more relaxed. But before we leave, we need to... Mira, we're going tomorrow. No, no, no. Like, before we leave this camp, we... We can't tell him to... he's a vampire, maybe. We can't do that. We need to give him a fair chance. If he starts to get thirsty... After we're gone, we need to give him a lifeline. We need to give him the contact information for the Shadows of Blood. They're headed that way anyway, hopefully. And we need to tell him where to find her. <laughs> if he needs it. Okay, so question from a non-vampire player. <laughs> You'd say you'd expect to feel that, but, like, didn't uh, Darius turn you and that, that uh, like, connection is, like, deep and powerful and driving? Isn't that what went down? Yes. But when she was in the Oasis, she didn't feel that at all. And the figs kept that, that vampire blood or venom or whatever it was kept it at bay so he didn't feel her at all so and she didn't feel him yeah i didn't feel no, him feel like a vampire yeah until the figs wore off and we were out of the oasis y'all done y'all done screwed up <laughs> yeah, it's out of control. this was really bad experimentation we did not we had two variables Two very powerful I, I was like, well, if he's dead, it doesn't really matter at this point. Just give it a go. Well, now it matters a lot, because we did not factor in time elapsed to the uh, the taking of the effect. So three factors. <laughs> Blood, big, time. Well, like, yeah, well, I hear you that is done. It's neither here nor there. Here's well, the rules. And I don't even know, Eleanor doesn't even know if her blood's potent. It was more of a, oh, I wonder if this would work. I wonder if, you know, how she is, like, thinking now about things. She's is sort of an experiment of, like, what would happen? What an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not what Mira expected to have to face today. <laughs> So, does Yolak have any <laughs> earthly idea where Eleanor and Mira are? So, since you were kind of doing your investigation thing while uh, 
Uh, I'm going to say you didn't see what all went down around the dead body until uh, during the treatment. But you're definitely aware of the the dead body coming to life. And you you hear people say, what? Was that Gerald? Gerald's dead. uh, Clearly not. And everyone running over there. So... Do I know where Mira and Eleanor are, though? Cause, uh, uh, no, but you have a pretty good hunch that whatever the little hoopla going around <laughs> is probably them. Just All a right. hunch. So I guess. I guess I'm gonna mosey that away then. Yeah. So, just a quick pause. Um, when you were first laying out the situation, Porter, you named the dead body, and at the very first mention, you said his name was Haster. Yep. I've been calling him Gerald ever since. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Apologies. Um, I mean, it's sorry. fine. Making up I names just... on the fly. Yeah, we'll go with Gerald now. Sorry. No, I mean, like, the, 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 the single most important him. NPC. <laughs> he <laughs> wasn't supposed to be important at all. Gerald, the vampire maybe has a big... Gerald Haster. How about that? Yes. Perfect. Haster yeah. is his last name. Perfect. Okay, okay. I'm positive. Done. <laughs> now we can keep that all in. <laughs> Gerald Haster. Okay. So, um, yes, Yolak, you the the crowd the crowd all runs to surround the uh, the the dead body that is no longer dead. Apparently, Gerald. Okay. And you see the leader. Uh, lady having a bit of a conversation to no one and got a another gut hunch that the, that's probably where Mira and Eleanor are because otherwise this lady's really crazy yeah uh, I, I go over there I basically just need to have a quick uh, chatteroony with uh, with the mistresses so yeah all right. I go that way. So but with because the... I, I don't see him coming. So I, I like, I'm trying to like calm the dead body or the formerly dead body, <laughs> and I, I, he's so freaked out at this point that like I don't think I can make it any more unsettling. So I try to like, like rub his back and like try to get him to <laughs> You're calm down. <laughs> because like he's not looking behind him. There's a lot of people around, and I. Uh, but I, I definitely can smell my, like, calming, like, my calming herbs. And I just, like, I, I don't even have time to make tea. So it's just, like, take a whiff. So I'm, like, just breathe. Just try to breathe. You're safe. You're among friends. You're safe. You're among friends. Eleanor and is, this, like, like, trying I'm, to feel. Like, she's, like, trying to, like, feel if he's a vampire or not. She's just sitting there, like. She is not feeling anything reminiscent of her connection to Darius. She's not feeling anything like mm. that. Okay. Well, I guess we're good to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So is, is this have what is his current state? Is he having any of this at all? Or is he just like, he beside is, himself oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Him? He is um really freaking out at the invisible hands touching him. <laughs> I like so oh, well I can't see she's doing it. Oh, okay, so I immediately stop, but I like do continue to encourage him to breathe. He yeah, so he is um he's definitely 
freaking out, but he's calming down. Um, he's, he's headed the right way. He's been through a very traumatic experience and he is sitting there and, um, uh, holding, holding hands with the, the man that you met early on. And they're just, he's, they're talking just little bits, not much, mostly just trying to breathe and settle. And the group is us sitting, standing around. You hear, you're starting to hear lots of little mutters of like, wait, what happened? How did this happen? He was dead, right? No, he was definitely dead. No, I saw him that his, his skull was like busted in, like on the side, like he was dead. What is, what happened here? And you know, some like spirit, there's a sand spirit. There's a sand spirit. The sand spirit came and healed him. It brought him back to life. Is there a, like, the story is whipping around the camp and starting to... Well, and they know that Mira is the name of the sand spirit. They do. Mira the sand spirit. So she did not let her last name, like, eke out. She definitely held that one back. But, you know, so let's say her name is sung and, you know... In, in tales and rhymes for the end of time, that's that's fine with her. A little a little vanity. If they want to start spinning yarns of her deeds. It's fine. So, um, so she she just wants to make sure that he is calm enough and that he understands that he's okay, regardless of where his spirit was, what journey it took back to his body. That. She can't leave his side. Here it is, Tomlin all over again. She can't leave his side until like he's calm and okay. And if holding hands with his beloved is going to make that easier for him, if he's like on the road to like steadying his heartbeat, then he, that's fine. I just want to make sure that he's he is calming down. He's fine. It takes a little while. He's starting to calm down. Someone gets him some water. He's, he drinks some water. He <clears throat> yeah, af- initially spits it back up and then tries again and is able to, to, to drink a little bit more. Um, and they, uh, it take, he, he just keeps sitting for a while, but after a little while, the crowd kind of starts going away and it's, um, the, uh, it's the two of them and, Taku and the young girl are there still kind of by the fire with the other two injured kind of watching because this because the, the this is all not that far from there and the uh the the leader is there as well and she sits to, she sits down to have a uh bring a little bit of kind of firmness to the discussion and kneels in front of him and uh, has a a bit of a chat with him okay are you you know are you are you what are you feeling are you okay she's very stern very very stern not particularly uh empathetic or or um gentle and uh but is is very much basically her point is is can do you feel like you can move like can you stand up are you whole like show me your head um kind of thing and she seems almost she she she's clearly glad that he's better 
she's really seeming kind of irritated is maybe the wrong word. She's really uncomfortable with everything that's been happening in the camp, but she's grateful for the help. And she's just not sure what is going on or what the... she. So, um... Maybe we should go. They look good now. I think we've done all we can. Um, I, I feel like we have to leave... We have to leave the Shadows of Blood information with Gerald. Just in case. Mistresses, I have to ask, what is the point of us being here? Why did we come and investigate? Yolak, if you had concern, why didn't you say that on the way here? We've done everything we could. We've helped people. We've brought someone back to life. There's one among us, the living, greater in number than before. We've perhaps created a new vampire. We don't know what the long-term effects will be for Eleanor. But more to the point, who caused this? Looks to me like that we should care about? Should we try to find whoever was driving that uh, sand ship and try to make them pay for the distraught nature of this party? Look, I think we've found that vengeance does not send any of us down a good path. I think there was an unfortunate situation that we had no part in. We came across people who needed our help. We gave of our resources, and now it's time to leave. And if one of them turns into a vampire, then Then what do we do then? Well, Eleanor can attest that Becoming a vampire is not condemning one to a life of torture. And we have, we have the home address of the only people who can help. And this person can now live a pretty decent life. All things considered. I will go leave the Shadows of Blood information with him. And I turn to go find him. He is, uh, he's still, um... <clears throat> uh, sitting there, he he did actually stand up very briefly, and he he sat back down, kind of weak. But uh, but he's he's sitting there and, and just drinking, and just he's actually they're actually all kind of being quiet right now. He's just sort of relaxing. Gerald, people of this camp, and he whoop, looks around. I need your attention, please. The gift that has been bestowed upon you is very special. Not everyone gets a second chance. I hope that you will understand the gravity of this gift that has been given to you, and that you will make something of your life, and that you will always remember the sand spirits who came to your aid. However, sometimes, 
when you return to this earthly plane, your body may experience different symptoms. You may be fine and you may go on to lead a wonderful life, but if something has gone wrong in the transformation and your blood begins to boil, sometimes... He looks really scared. Sometimes a bit of the undeath can cross the veil with you. If this begins to happen, there is a group called the Shadows of Blood. They are located in the Flood in Perbastet. You must seek them out immediately. They will be able to help you if this effect begins to happen. Remember the Shadows of Blood and make your life a great one. Whoosh! <laughs> he, he just she nods. absolutely makes that sound. Yes, one hundred percent. And Eleanor oh, goes perfect. walking back over to you guys. I love the whoosh followed by footsteps of. <laughs> I'm tiptoeing. I'm tiptoeing away. All right, we're he good. He looks so. He, he definitely heard what you were saying, and he definitely took it in, and he is definitely. Confused to hell. Well, but he's got the shadows of blood. Message received. Okay, good to go. I think I think we need to make our leave. So we need. So I I go to find the the leader to yep. let them know that we're leaving, so that we don't just like disappear and they start calling into the. Night oh, I already did it. There. Didn't you hear me? Whoosh. Yeah, she said whoosh. We're good. I Mira feels. The veils is necessary to at least make like a one-on-one, -on -one, like uh, okay, like theatrics aside. Mira, we are departing. We're we getting on the carpet. All right. Never mind. We go. <laughs> we take our theatrical departure and we go. Uh, all we right. We did everything we could. They can think whatever they want of us after we leave. Sure. Mira's content is clear. All right, you sail, you, you, not sail, sorry. You fly away from the camp on your, on your slow carpet, um, leaving behind a repaired wagon, two, he, uh, two healed, injured folk, and one person that you brought back from the dead. And you're not sure how. Schrodinger's vampire. <laughs> or not. So weird. And you head back to your invisible camp. <laughs> what a night, huh? Wow. We've all had those. So, <laughs> big question. Are you going to try and explain any of this to Tomlin, or are you just going to let it be? No, he he already made very clear what he feels about our shenanigans. And so I think <laughs> we can say we helped, we did what we could, and we left them on their way. And that's the story that we're sticking to. Sticking to it. All right. So you get back to your to your camp and uh while you are trying to kind of get yourselves settled in the uh the the invisibility starts to fade oh good oh already 
<laughs> this has lasted several hours at this point, uh, or a few hours, and the you're all able to actually see each other. You're able to see your stuff. Tomlin is sleeping in the in his in his bedroll by the fire, um, very peacefully, and you're able to. Uh, uh, you're able to kind of settle yourselves down. Your campfire, your campsite is now visible. That's okay. Probably. And At this point, let them come. We can reanimate <laughs> the dead. <laughs> Alright, so you are um, you're all able to kind of settle down uh, for the night, and Yolok, while you are kind of sitting there, you get yourself all ready, and you've been uh, kind of doing all your preparations. You are... You take a minute where you're just kind of pausing, and just, like, looking at the fire, the way fire kind of you gets that little hypnotic moment where you're just kind of looking at it, watching the flames dance, and down in the coals, you you see a little... Like, you just see a bit of movement of the the dancing flames and it kind of takes you to uh uh a sight you you swear you're seeing this just kind of moving down in the coals but it feels like it's a much bigger image you see a shape kind of moving along a black field and it's a large lumpy shape almost like almost like a an the head of an elephant on a on a bipedal hunched over body sort of like a maybe a heavily muscled gorilla perhaps it's a very strange shape that doesn't match anything you ever seen or heard of but whatever is going on in that large head there's definitely a long tendrily thing coming out of the front of it sort of like a trunk no not a trunk more like a tentacle more like a uh a pseudopod and the shape ambles awkwardly across a black open plain and it just moves slowly like it's in a dream and as it moves the space around it shifts and you see it walk towards a large rocky pillar and as it walks past the rocky pillar the space around the rock warps and the rock melts and the whole upper part of the rock starts bending over precipitously as it loses some of its shape and it almost falls but as he walks past it freezes back into place in an unnatural angle that it shouldn't be able to suspend itself and it just keeps walking in a straight line with that weird tentacle thing coming out of the front of its face, just sort of waving back and forth and up and down. And it just ambles 
off into the distance. And then suddenly you're sitting at the fire and you just realize you're looking at a weird bit of flame dancing around the coals. And it you, you have no idea what you just saw. But it was somewhere. Or maybe it was just a bit of flame. On 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 as we continue down the path, uh, I do want to bring this to the attention of Eleanor. Mm-hmm. This vision, um, and ask if it's anything that she's familiar with. This is. Yeah. This does not match anything. <laughs> that you've ever heard of and definitely not seen. So are we riding camels and you're just sort of like, well, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that Yolok would bring it up and just kind of say like, yeah. So he doesn't want to hide. He, he recognizes that like, you know, this dagger is doing some weird stuff. Yeah. And, it's way better to have friends that are aware of everything that's going on, especially since, you know, there's a good amount of like just stuff he doesn't understand. So like it does, there's no benefit in hiding any of this. So, yeah, I think he wants to tell Eleanor about a lot of this sort of weirdness because it it helps you know just keep everyone on the same page so if we do start seeing eldritch monsters you know it's not a not a total surprise to everyone involved (laughs) (laughs) okay so as we're writing um she kind of has you recount uh, like the whole story from the beginning to the end uh, up to where we are just so she kind of understands the whole lay of the land. Like, okay, where did you get this dagger? What has happened? Okay, and so then you killed her, and then this happened. And then so trying to connect all the events, so we kind of have like a little timeline of what's happened with the dagger. Um, and then she gets to the part where you're telling her about the dream and what you saw in the fire. Yeah, and actually, I, I think that's a great, great idea. Um, Yolak, I think, is absolutely at the point now where he's ready. He, like he needs to to get all of this out in the open, right? Like there's no room for hiding any details at this point. So yeah, he's he's putting it all out there at this point. Yeah. So Eleanor actually feels so much like more relieved that Yolak is being open about this and talking about it and she's not angry about it or anything. She's just very like, just happy that he realizes the gravity of the situation with this dagger. And he seems to have control over it in the sense that he's able to talk about it and like kind of start piecing it together and understanding that it's, that it's bad. Um, Yolak, so can you tell me what, what, just one more time, what exactly did you see in the in this fire it's tough to recall precisely but it was a beast dark beast likes of which i've certainly never seen before shared features of some common animals 
some less common animals, but it was malformed and twisted and otherworldly. At, it, at, even now, as you're recalling, you're realizing that like the 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 words that you were kind of ascribing to the shape are bare, like really poor explanation for it. Like there, it's just the best that your brain could kind of attach to the to the weird shapes you were seeing. And you, luck when you were seeing this, did you feel anything? Did you feel compelled to draw your dagger? What was happening? No, there was, uh, there was no compulsion. Hmm. This was, this was just a vision. And was this monster, was, was it aware of you? I don't believe so. Never looked at me. And it never acknowledged my presence. It didn't even acknowledge the presence of a spire of rock that it basically walked through. Mm. It occurs to me that this dagger has many properties which I'm ill-equipped to describe. It seems almost as though the dagger has the ability to exist in my possession, but also in the possession of others at the same time, even though they are no longer here. Just as their bodies were manifest, in the boat their spirits are somehow manifest in my mind hmm that is concerning um well Yolok thank you so much for sharing all this information we will have to fill Mira in on all of it and if any of these visions happen or if you feel compelled to use the dagger or draw it um i do hope that you will feel comfortable in telling us so that we may help you with this i am afraid that this artifact is is something dark something very bad but i don't know i don't know what we should do i i'm not sure yet don't believe there's much we can do at this moment. Well, I think what I certainly do not have the capacity to do much about it. That I do know. Well, I think you're doing all that you can. You're keeping the dagger sheathed and you are coming to your friends to ask for help. And that's all we can ask. Very good. All right, so you continue on your trip, and it takes several more more days. Doing this trip by foot is long um, and slow, and uh, <clears throat> the the caravan behind you never overtakes you. 
So you stay ahead of it the rest of the way, which is probably for the best, given everything. So you, a few days later, you approach Coromel, and it is a, uh, it is sitting very comfortably next to the, the river Nuria. And this is, you've been here before, you passed through very briefly on your last trip to, uh, to Nuria. So you, it's not the first time you've seen it, but you are struck now after passing through, after, sorry, you're struck now after having visited Perbastet, Nuria, Peranu, how small and humble Coromel seems. It has a wall surrounding it, but it's probably at least a story shorter than the one around Nuri and Natal and Perbastet. It's um, made of stone, but you can see all the stones. Like, it's made of stones with mortar and piled on top of each other in a very traditional, much more kind of lower production way. There's no... there's probably no magic involved in the in the forming of this city wall and there are uh just a few guards with spears walking along the top of the wall there's a very simple wooden gate at the wall all of the buildings as you enter the city are uh made with um either stone and mortar or uh, made out of uh, brown bricks, made of probably local river clay, and all of the roofs are covered in a uh, in a brown slate uh, tiles, kind of overlapped with each other. So the whole town is very brown. It's very gray, but it's also very comfortable. There are people around. But everyone seems uh, there. There isn't a lot of feeling of there's there isn't the chaos and the the energy that Perbestet just hums with, or the uh, the absurd amount of wealth flying around everywhere you looked in Nuria and Natal, and obviously no undead people walking around in Perinu. So it just feels. Like the calmest, most boring place you have seen since you left the Oasis. Oh, 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 oh,